0: Hi, this is Bill Hayes.
1: And Susan Seaforth-Hayes from Days of Our Lives. You are listening to TV
0: Confidential. Right now, I'd like to introduce a very charming lady who loves the parade as much as I do, Miss Betty White.
1: Thank you, Lauren. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And I guess we should say happy birthday, too.
0: Oh, we should indeed, Betty, because that special occasion I mentioned is the 40th birthday of the Macy's Parade.
1: And to celebrate, the world's largest store has lined up the world's most super sensational 40th anniversary
0: parade. Super sensational is right. More great marching bands than ever before. More high-flying balloons, more stars, more floats.
1: more smiling faces than I've ever seen in one morning. Ed
0: Robertson with a clip from the November 27th, 1960, broadcast of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade featuring Lauren Green and Betty White. You can hear that clip in its entirety at archival television audio, atvaudio.com. We thank Phil Grace for making that clip available as part of our tribute to Betty White this week. In the meantime, reminder that Mary Tyler Moore Show historian Jennifer Armstrong and Golden Girls historian Jim Colucci will both join us in our second hour as we continue our special program-length tribute to Betty White. Betty White passed away Friday, December 31st at the age of 99, just a few days short of her 100th birthday. We hope you stay tuned for that. In the meantime, Greg Airbar is with us for a special Betty White-centric edition of the DVD and streaming report. Greg, of course, you can read twice a month CartoonResearch.com as well as GregAirbar.com and in our correspondence the last couple of days, you said, Greg, that you once shared a room with Betty white Kind of sort of did you ever work directly with her in, in, in your travels and time with Disney?
1: I didn't share a room with her, but she'd get a big kick out of that. I almost met her because I had produced a Golden Girls presentation at D23 Expo, but she was unable to attend. But she didn't, she did send a lovely note that got a huge applause. Um, just a note imagine if she was there. Um, and I was in a, a lavish Disney spectacle special with her, but I was nowhere near where she was because she and B. Arthur hosted the Walt Disney World 50th anniversary special, and I was in the crowd. So uh, I can safely say that Betty White and I shared thousands of people apart. So she was, she and I were in the crowd together. I and my father and mother and sister were uh, somewhere in this in the shot. Uh, you can see us possibly in the the wonderful sequence with Ray Charles. I'm sure this is somewhere on the Internet. And um, where he's on this riser, it was incredible, in Town Square playing, and also in the scene where the monkeys were playing in Adventureland. You can see my sister very well, because she's wearing red, and Peter Tork was right next to her. They were shot from several vantage points, appearing in the um, balcony, and then appearing in the crowd, and it was very monkey-like. And Peter was right next to uh, my sister, and he said, "Do you mind if I touch you?" You know, because he was right next to her. And she said, "Of course." And it was and it aired on her birthday, so it was like her the greatest birthday present you could ever have is be on the air with the monkeys, and all her friends were calling. But uh, they were the hosts of that, so that was my the closest personally.
0: Greg Airbar is with us. There is an issue with Greg's sound, the first part of the segment. We've just made the adjustment, so we apologize for the technical difficulty, but Greg is now coming in loud and clear.
1: This is one of those uh, situations where what could be said about Betty White that hasn't been said already, and so I thought, well, I remember when she was selling Marzetti fresh salad and coleslaw dressings that you could only buy in your grocer's fresh salad case because it was so fresh that it would go bad if they just sold it on the shelf. And of course she was right, because they were. They cost a little more, but they were worth it. I mean, I'm sure nobody's come up with Marzetti yet and all of the thousands of reminiscences. I think
0: you have staked a claim in Betty Whiteness, Greg, but uh, the now, my, my, my question is, was that a filmed commercial that she did, was that a local commercial that she did, or was, or, or, would, or would that have been like a live spot that she did in the course of, say, hosting the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade or the Rose Bowl Parade, which is a part of Betty White's broadcasting career that is often overlooked because of her work on the Mary Tyler Moore Show and the Golden Girls Not in Cleveland.
1: Oh, no, I, I didn't actually do that commercial, but I remember it airing frequently in the late 70s. To me, Betty White was the Macy's Parade. That was the Betty that I knew growing up. Betty White Not everyone remembers uh, as the person that she became that she started to spoof on the Mary Tyler Moore show. The reason that she was hired to play Sue Ann Evans is because the character was a satire of Betty White. And they said, do you think she'd play it? And she jumped at the chance and she played it so flawlessly. But people what people didn't realize is that she had also been an actress for many many years and that she could play both parts the on-camera Sue Ann and the face of Sue Ann Nivens and then the dark side of Sue Ann Nivens and that's how brilliant she was but what we all knew was the Betty White who appeared on game shows and who hosted parades and there is an iconic shot that's that's all over with her and Lauren Green and uh, over by Macy's calling the parade and that's something that I have a lot of experience with because we've talked about Regis Philbin and Joan London and how difficult it is to do what they do. And that's the kind of pro that she was because to do that sort of thing, to, to be on your toes, that goes all the way back to her experience working on the Al Jarvis show every day, four, five, six hours, filling time, talking Endlessly uh, introducing, uh, just knowing what to say. And that's what trained her for what she was able to do later, to be put in any situation and always be on time, always be prepared, and also being ready when something went wrong. Somebody mentioned uh, in Ken Levine's column today, someone was asking him the question about guest actors on sitcoms how are they treated and he said on all the shows he wrote they were always treated wonderfully but on some of the shows that he worked on that he he didn't do regularly so in other words not the shows he did like cheers and nash and and frazier but other shows he did like uh, day jobs on they weren't always treated well they were shunned they were treated like strangers and somebody wrote a comment saying Betty White was the only person on the show I think they worked on that came up to them and said, Are you comfortable? Welcome? That kind of thing. Personally, though I never met her, she and Jack Benny are the models for how to be as people and how to be as professionals. Jack Benny, in that he always made everybody, gave everybody the chance to be better than him. And it was the best for him, which I don't see enough of. And it's getting less and less of it's like that insecurity of if they're better than me, then they're a threat to me. No, that's not true. If they're better than you, let them be. Let them thrive. It makes you better. How stupid can you be to be threatened by that? And the, the what Betty White did is she wouldn't have worked as much as she was if she wasn't a constant pleasure Every time she was on a set, if she wasn't always June Foray was like that, she was always early. That's the question between why do you hire someone? And why do you think twice about it? Because they're going to deliver. They're going to deliver. Well, they're going to they're going to give you always the best. But they're also going to be just a joy
0: to have around. Greg Airbar is with us sharing a few uh, thoughts on the passing of Betty White, Betty White Television, ICOM Television Institution. Betty White passed away Friday, December 31st at the age of 99, 17 days shy of what would have been her one 100th birthday, but for all, uh, as far as I'm concerned, she was 100, and her career spanned the you know, past century of entertainment and pretty much the entire history of television. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. You mentioned June Foray a little bit, a little while ago. Uh, our mutual friend, Bob Bergen, who, like you, was a mutual friend of June Foray, had this to say about Betty White. Bob Bergen, voice of Porky Pig. As governor of the Performers Peer Group at the Television Academy, I, Bob Bergen, had the pleasure of meeting Betty White a few times over the years. She never disappointed. She was exactly who you expected her to be. As sad as this loss is to our industry and her fans, we should all celebrate the life, laughs, and memories that will live on in reruns for generations to come. Betty White truly was a Golden Girl. Our mutual friend Bob Bergen shared a few thoughts on Betty White. Bob's quote, courtesy of our mutual friend Harlan Bull. Oh, Bob. Bob
1: puts things so beautifully, and Bob has worked with some of the biggest names. So I uh, anything that he says, may I quote Ed Norton, may I echo those words? <laughs> um, <laughs> the nice thing also about Betty White's legacy is that she not only did shows and, and uh, broadcasting that was temporal, but she did stuff that will last forever. And not all performers are like that. You know, you have your, you have a lot of people who did talk shows and were ubiquitous, but, uh, what they did was of its time and doesn't get seen anymore. You know, like a person like uh, Jack Parr, who was everywhere or, or Arthur Godfrey, um, people who know television, know who they were. And at the time they were, and and you can go back to any era and say, remember when so-and-so was just the thing. And they, they because of what they did, uh, they didn't do anything like a film or a, a really huge sitcom. They, they kind of went into the ether for the most part. Betty White did both. And the Golden Girls will probably run forever. The Mary Tyler Moore show will, uh, several other things she did will. Uh, Not too many performers have that because she did so much.
0: If you think about it, she's got four things that likely will run forever one way or another. You mentioned Mary Tyler Moore. That's available both on physical on-demand DVD uh, as well as streaming on demand on Hulu, I think, right now. Um, Golden Girls, also available, widely available one way or another. Hot in Cleveland, I think, is available one way or another. And the match game, which is not only available um, yeah. on either Game Show or Buzzer, there's also a couple of physical DVD collections in the match game, as well as there's a, I believe there's a dedicated match game channel on YouTube. So she's got four. Look, if you're an actor, I'm not an actor, but I, I, I talk to enough actors that I can say this. If you're an actor, you hope to have one role that people remember you by, she has at least four that people know her by and that people can continue to enjoy her forever and ever.
1: There's also uh, selected episodes of Match Game, Password, Password Plus, and Tattletales, And I, I'm pretty sure she and Alan Ludden are on some I'm, of
0: those. Well, look, yeah, it was a Goodson Todman show. And both her yeah. and Alan were, were wedded to Goodson Todman for the better part of 25 years. And so, Alan, I think, did a couple of match games. I would not be surprised if he did, if he and Betty did Tattletales. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it was, uh, oh, yeah, because you also had uh, Bob Barker and Dorothy Joe. Dorothy Joe, yes. And, uh, and steve allen and jane meadows so a lot of times and uh, Bert convey and Ann convey so there was a lot of game show and spouses on that so it was that was kind of a fun show you could throw a rock and find something to watch with betty white on it pretty easily and you've got to be careful with purchasing this the, the physical media now because it's sort of like covid lysol you know there are some people who are trying to um jack up prices but you can find reasonable prices online for the stuff as well of, of the various sitcoms um, the newer stuff is is fairly reasonable Hot in cleveland and uh, golden girls are available um, hot in cleveland's a complete set golden girls is separate Mary tyler moore was discontinued but they still sell the individual uh seasons and she also did she did so many guest shots on shows she also did a lot of cartoon voices in fact the last cartoon that she did was she was in toy story 4 as there was a character named forky and uh she was actually a character that was named bitey white
0: <laughs> 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 and uh she
1: <laughs> and there's a there's a there's a short on uh, disney plus called forky asked the question that, uh, according to IMDb, is her last credit that's on Disney+. Plus. They do little shorts, little Pixar shorts, and little things based on some of the features. And so uh, besides uh, uh, another cartoon called Trouble, I see Toy Story 4, and Forky asks a question as that. But she also did Pound Puppies, which um, was the second uh, version of Pound Puppies that was on. And so she did some cartoons, but um, she played Mrs. Santa Claus in one thing. Of course she would. You know, she. if anything, she should have been Mrs. Santa Claus. She was sort of born to be. Besides Angela Lansbury, yes, was, and Shirley uh, Booth. Yeah, I don't know if everybody wants to pick her one of her great moments because there's so many. But I think what epitomized what she could do that I always think of as, you know if you're going to put clips together, is there was an episode of Mary Tyler Moore where Sue Ann was dating this younger man. I think he was played by James Louise who always oh from Oxford Files. Shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chappie. And he jilted her just before she was going to be winning the, the Teddy award. Yes. You know, there's always those Teddy awards mm-hmm. episodes once a year. And she was like shattered by this. And she of course wins. And, and she's, she, her head is down and she's shattered and she walks up to all of this applause. And, and then she whips her head around and she's just delighted and so happy. And she's so, and, and in the, in that moment, she did both of those characters. And it was like, it's no wonder. That was like what she did. It was one of the
0: few times that she and Mary actually bonded because Sue Ann was one of the few people that Mary Richards did not like. She tolerated. And Sue Ann didn't like Mary either because she was threatened by her. But in that episode of Mary Tyler Moore that uh, you, you, you just mentioned, Greg, there are a couple of nice moments where Sue Ann lets her guard down and let's Mary comfort her. And it's a cool yes. moment.
1: Yeah, and, and there was that. It was the same thing with Golden Girls. You know, Rose was supposedly the sort of, it took her about two minutes to get what everyone else was saying, and then she would go into the fabulous St. Olaf stories. <laughs> you know, uh, strangely, and, and my wife Suzanne was kind of felt bad, but on my Christmas stocking, I got a little one of those little cans of mints, and it was a Golden Girls St. Olaf mince with a picture of Betty White on it. And that was only a few days before she passed. Wow. Suzanne said, wow, that's a little strange. She says, I'm so sorry. But St. Olaf was, <laughs> but I'll treasure it. You know, again, famously, uh, she was supposed to play the character that Rue McClanahan was going to play because that was the Sue Ann character, the vivacious more, uh, you know, worldly type. And uh, Rue McClanahan said, well, the sillier character was what I played on Maud. And she said, yeah, and the Sue Ann character I've already played on Mary Tyler Moore, let's switch them. And that was how versatile both of those performers were. But in the same way, you could see how Rose would have moments of great insight, which was always interesting. You know, that was what made that show so good, is that those characters weren't types. Those characters were human beings and the writing uh, was outstanding, and the performing was outstanding, and, you know, and I want to point out, uh, entertainment industry, that show wouldn't sell today, it was astonishing that that show sold when it did, show about old ladies in Miami, that have a love life, and and are vital uh, contributors to society, and, and have an active, a role in society and are funny and witty and it's like, excuse me, but old people are well, introduced to society and and are funny and witty and and cool.
0: If I may, I think the proper term would be women of a certain age. And I think if you framed it like that, that would sell. Well,
1: well, yeah, of a certain age. It's just like saying, it, well, marginal. I'm going to say marginalized people because there's a there's a there's a tendency for uh popular culture to marginalize and we see it or or the underrepresented we see that in an awful lot of things there's a there's a tendency to still to still stereotype to still make jokes to still do those the jokes that are allowed to be made um are still being made and a lot of them are at the expense of people of a certain age and um golden girls didn't really do that Golden Girls is hugely popular with young people, teenagers, college kids, people in their 20s. It doesn't skew old, as they say in demographic circles, because the demographic stuff is sort of you know, that, that could be analyzed to be something that is not necessarily research is questionable because there's other research that could refute it, if you know what I mean. So it serves what it has to serve and Golden Girls flies in the face of all of that because all ages like it and it's funny and it's standing up and it's it's becoming one of the shows that's that's like rising to the top of eternity. And when you look at it, who who would have thought when it was on? I mean, it was a hit when it was on, but who would have thought it would have stood the test of time the way it does and become so iconic? But there you go.
0: Betty White passed away Friday, December 31st at age 99.
1: Yeah, you know, I want to throw in one little funny story, you know, something that also probably uh, wasn't mentioned. But this was shared by a very good friend, a composer, Michael Silvershire, who with Patrick Silvershire wrote many, many great Disney songs and theme songs. And uh, he shared this story that connected with animation uh, as well. Uh, He said, Patty and I were attending the recording session for the Gummy Bears theme. You know, Gummy Bears. With Jeremy Lubbock conducting a uh, 60-piece orchestra at Evergreen Studios with the great Joe Williams singing. John Williams' son. When in walked Betty White and the company of Tony Randall, they proceeded to sit near the back of the studio as we listened to a playback. I don't remember who turned to me. This was 1986 and said, what are they doing here? I shrugged and went back there and asked them if I could help them. Betty White said... We're supposed to be meeting with so-and-so. I forget who it was she said. And I said, I think you might be in the wrong place. This is a Disney music session. Betty and Tony looked surprised and apologetic. And then Betty stood up and said in that way she says things. Well, I never. I've been thrown out of better places than this. And we all cracked up as she mocked, stormed out of the studio with a very amused Tony Who never said a single word. That was our experience with Betty White. And I've never forgotten how perfect her timing was and how absolutely hilarious the moment was. She was one of a kind. We will all miss you, Betty.
0: And of course, if you ever
1: watch or listen to the Gummy Bears theme again, Betty White was there.
0: (laughs) And of course, one other thing that we can enjoy Betty White on with. Uh, is the classic episode of The Odd Couple, which is available both as part of the complete series set and available in various forms on YouTube. The famous Password episode, which Jack Klugman said to me on our program was his favorite episode of All the Odd Couples, and it's, it's a classic. And, and Betty and Alan are pretty much straight, they're the straight men on that episode, but they're both very, very funny.
1: Yes, and very, and very, very good. And that's another uh, hallmark of prose, is that Betty stood back and was not the funny one. She was the straight person. And boy, you know, you want to see something really funny, you must see that show. And if you've seen it before, watch it again we need to laugh. That's a funny, funny episode. I was just, I'm glad you brought that up because that is so, so funny.
0: Betty White passed away Friday, December 31st at age 99. Any final thoughts, Greg? Uh,
1: I want to say that, like I was saying, Betty White is for all ages. She's done stuff for all ages. She never stopped being somebody who could be hip for the hip, and nice for the nice and sweet for the sweet. I mean, let's encourage, you know, there's always a, a, a sentence that's a, that applies to someone we've lost. They don't, they'll never be another one. They don't make them like that anymore. Uh, and all of that. I I think that's true because she wasn't original, but I do think there are people of all ages out there. I think what should be encouraged is people like that who are out there and not not so because there are versatile, wonderful talents out there. Let's, let's find more Betty White's and get them and get them more attention because look at the treasure trove that she gave us. You know, let her be an example for us to follow and for more people to follow.
0: You can read Greg Arabar twice a month, cartoonresearch.com. Greg's forthcoming History of Hanna-Barbera will be coming out...
1: Spring 2023.
0: All right, well, Spring 2023 will be with us before you know it. Greg, as always, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Ed.
1: Thank you for supporting Actors and Others for Animals. We
0: started a long, long time ago. You can still take part in the Betty White Challenge by going to BettyWhiteChallenge.com as it's safe to say that Betty would have done anything possible to support this important cause so when you find an organization like actors and others for animals it sort of unites all of those of us who want to pay back something for all the joy we get out of animals you can learn more about the betty white challenge by going to bettywhitechallenge.com bettywhitechallenge.com please keep up the good work believe me it's deeply appreciated be part of our conversation if you like what you hear